Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Lord Lee's a leaping. John Lee, FT Money's My Portfolio columnist, was the UK's first ISA millionaire and today reveals that he's made a 30-fold return on his stocks and shares ISA, now valued at a cool £4.5 million. How did he do it? And should you try to emulate his stock-picking success? Oh, come all ye frugal, if Christmas cheer leaves your wallet feeling cold, our resident money mentor, Lindsay Cook, presents the 12 saves of Christmas from holiday food to present-buying strategies that will save you cash. And the Help to Buy ISA launched this week. If you or your children are trying to get on the property ladder, could this really provide a leg up? Welcome to The Money Show the FT's most popular weekly podcast. I'm Claire Barrett, and I'll be giving you all the week's money news in downloadable form with the help of FT Money columnist John Lee and our money mentor Lindsay Cook, plus my FT colleague James Pickford. John Lee, or Lord Lee of Trafford, to give him his full moniker, was a junior minister in the Thatcher government when PEPs, or personal equity plans, were first introduced way back in 1987. The tax-free savings wrapper has since evolved into the ISA, or individual savings account that we all know and love. And perhaps no one has loved it more than FT Money columnist John Lee, who's now written over 250 columns about the stocks in his ISA portfolio over the years. He has invested a total of £150,000 tax-free into his ISA over the past 30-odd years, reinvesting all the dividends and tax credits. Back in 2003, his portfolio surpassed a million pounds for the first time. Well, today he reveals that its value has now gone past £4.5 million and he's in the FT studio to share the secrets of his success with us. John, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Claire. Firstly, congratulations. It's some achievement to have grown an investment of £150,000 into a portfolio valued at £4.5 There surely can be no better illustration of the value of compounding. Yes, I think that that's right and that is the conclusion really that that I draw and also that I've attempted to put across to readers in the years that I've been writing my uh, my columns in the FT. The combination of moderate financial success in terms of stock selection, mm. but particularly compounding, can over a long period, and in my case, obviously, as you say, we're talking uh, around 30 years, can really produce a very attractive pot of uh, monies. Now, before we get on to your stock picking acumen, which is focused on companies that pay dividends, as a measure of your performance, your investment fund has matched several specialist small cap funds over the same period, though 
you have had the advantage of having tax-free returns, but we've had three independent experts scrutinise your strategy in the full article, which appears with FT Money this weekend, which should be read alongside the piece. So to get back to your strategy, many investors admire how you pick your stocks, which is essentially looking for undervalued UK small caps and sitting on them until they re-rate, often through a takeover. So what have been your most memorable investments? I suppose the the most memorable investments probably have been uh, two individual ones. Clarkson, the shipbroker, which I bought many years ago on a a 9 or 10% yield. I visited them, talked to them, thought that they were uh, significantly undervalued and long-term would get a re-rating. It was a very conservatively managed business with cash, no debt. Uh, Another of your boxes ticked? Very much so, yes. one One of the boxes ticked again. And that really did develop, and uh, Clarkson's has been a great success. Unfortunately, I sold too soon, which uh, sadly I've done on a number of occasions, but still made a a profit in in cash terms within the ISA of around £200,000. So that was very pleasing. Had I kept it longer, it would have done better, but one must be satisfied. And Fenner was another company. Fenner Fenner was another stock that I bought well, and I bought it really... uh, in the 2008 period when we had the, the financial crisis and the stock market slumped and many, many good stocks were available on yields of 9 or 10%. They'd fallen substantially. Mm. And I took the view that really that was uh, an excellent buying opportunity. And fellow, Fenner was a world-class and is a world-class business. Um, making industrial conveyor belts. Making conveyor things. belts, particularly for the, the mining industry and also in sealants as well. And it was quite obvious that it was undervalued unless we had a totally Armageddon situation. And if you believe Armageddon's coming, I don't know what one does anyway, apart from maybe hide under the bed with a crate of whiskey and a couple of bars of (laughs) of gold. And one has to take the view, I think, if one is investing and building up one's savings, the West and the world will get through these, you know, these financial crises that do arise from time to time. Uh, Otherwise, I think it's, it's really impossible to to take a long view and build up a long-term investment portfolio. Now, you've also been brave enough to tell us about your biggest losers. Now, there was one company in particular which lost you around £200,000 when it collapsed. What was that one? Yes, that was uh, Dawson Holdings, which was one of the the three companies to distributed uh, uh, newspapers around the country. Mm. We had Smith's, we had uh, Mingis or Menzies, and we had Dawson's, and I was invested in Dawson's was an established business. I held them for a number of years. I'm afraid, unfortunately, towards the end, what happened was that Dawson pretty well lost the majority of their contracts with major newspaper publishers, and um, Smith's really uh, picked up most of those contracts. They were squeezed uh, out. They were, they were essentially squeezed out, and really the, there wasn't much left. There was a little rump left in the, in the Dawson's business, which ultimately Smith's acquired. So uh, that one didn't work out. But you learned from the experience and started I, I, to I, use I, stop loss. I, I do operate now what I term a 20% stop loss, mm-hmm. although, um, touch wood, I've not had to operate it too recently. But I do think, looking back, had I um, operated a pretty hard 20% stop loss, I would have done rather better. Because it's one of the hardest things for private investors to do, to sell a share that's made a loss. It is. But I have to say that it does make sense from every point of view to actually take the loss if you really believe and accept that you've got it wrong, not only in financial terms, 
but also in, in confidence and morale terms as well. Because if you're carrying within your portfolio a share that you're losing a significant amount of money on, every time you look at your portfolio or every time that company is mentioned in the media, it, it pricks you, it draws blood, it saps your confidence. And therefore, if you have got a baton, take it on the chin, accept that you made a mistake. We all make mistakes, sell it uh, and move on. Now, for our listeners, particularly younger ones. Well, thanks very much, John. You can read the full interview in FT Money this weekend, where we'll be finding out the share that John's bought most recently, what he plans to spend the money on in his iSupport failure, and also his 12 guiding principles for investors who might be looking to emulate his success within a stocks and shares ISA wrapper. We're also hosting a reader event in the new year where you can meet John Lee at the FT's London offices and quiz him on any aspect of his investment strategy. To be held on the evening of Thursday the 14th of January, tickets will cost £25. To obtain one, email us money at ft.com or see this weekend's issue. Still to come on the show, should you snap up a help to buy ISA? Before that, are you more likely to say bar humbug than Merry Christmas? The festive season does put excessive strain on our wallets, and while we want to celebrate in style, we do not want to pay over the odds for it. Well, Santa's little helper has arrived in the form of our money mentor columnist Lindsay Cook. Lindsay, thanks for joining us today. After the horrors of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, if you haven't started your Christmas shopping yet, have you missed all the best deals? Absolutely not. And many of the deals that were available last weekend were not the best deals. They were things bought in, sometimes quite shoddy, made by brands that you've never heard of. And if you did your research online beforehand, you'd have found you could got branded goods with probably two years warranty for about the same price. A lot of TVs in particular that fall into the, the bracket of what I would term cheap for a reason. <laughs> But there are many techniques that you can use, as you've revealed in your article, if you're still buying stuff for Christmas. And one of the ones I really liked was um, with online shopping. If you leave something in your basket overnight, you can often have a nice surprise in the morning. It doesn't happen every time, but it's happened to me by accident, so I've made it more of a practice in that, particularly with wine companies, mm. um, the ones that do hassle you a bit to place your next order, if you put nine bottles in your case and leave it, Next day, you probably find you've got three for free. That's the best I've heard of. Also, other companies will do it. They will see you've ordered, um, put some toys on in your basket, and next day you might get five or ten pound vouchers off that, or you get a code which tells you to get shopping or whatever their code is that it might have been given to other loyal customers and they just want to get the stuff through the till. Or even a free delivery to nudge you over the edge into pressing buy. Now, I went to my local Lidl last night for research purposes, you understand, to check out the kinds of deals that they have on festive food, which, of course, is one of the biggest um, things that we're going to spend money on. Now, it's surprisingly gourmet in the budget supermarkets. I picked up a Himalayan pink salt mill for £4 and a luxury Christmas pudding for around six ninety nine. But you think the meat prices um, are one of the things to watch? Well, what I would say is... They all have to compete. They know that most of us eat meat at Christmas, whether it's a turkey, rib of beef or whatever, and they want you to buy that item from them. Mm. And they hope that when you've bought their wonderful large joint, 
you will actually say, oh, I won't make Yorkshire puddings, I'll buy theirs, and I won't make my roast potatoes, I'll buy theirs. Bread sauce, brandy butter. You will buy everything. And, oh, those big boxes of biscuits, they're good value, aren't they? Oh, but you don't normally eat biscuits. But that's the sort of thing. They want you to sell, and you shouldn't go off list. When you go for your big food shop, know what meals you're going to do, and have a list, and stick to it. And you also think that while they might match the prices that the budget supermarkets are doing on the big um, showstoppers, they'll make up their margin elsewhere on the trimmings. Um, So things that you might not think about as you pile them into your your trolley may actually be a lot more expensive than they are normally. Well, the big supermarkets employ a technique that I call yo-yo pricing. And so if they reduce something, I don't know, mayonnaise... You might find the cornichons have gone up by 50 pence. They'll do the showstoppers, as you say, the things that people want. They'll put them on the islands. And I reckon that for every one that's reduced, they probably increase two or three lesser brands or lesser sold items so they make their money back. Now, another strategy is freeing up some extra cash before you spend it all on Christmas food and shopping. Now, one of your other top tips is um, several ways that readers could do this. Talk me through those. Well, first of all, if you are on a standard variable mortgage, there are lots and lots of good value, much, much cheaper fixed rate mortgages. Interest rates probably going up in America uh, later this month, probably going up in the UK next year. Not a very nice Christmas present. No, but if you get yourself a five year fixed rate mortgage, you might cut a couple of hundred pounds off your mortgage every month treat yourself with that or pay for Christmas with that and you are secure when rates do go up. And there's a couple of other suggestions um, in the article but finally what's this idea of yours scavenger Santa? Well I think it's a good fun one it's for families particularly where a couple of people are probably better off than the rest of the family and they don't want to give a lot of big expensive presents and embarrass people and so what you do is you look at what you've got Often for free, if you travel a lot and you get the little business class or first class toiletry bags in hotels, you get hotel slippers, go to industry awards dinners and you get a goodie bag. If you make it clear that these are free, other people like your free stuff, whereas you might be contemptuous (laughs) of it. For our final item, a reminder that you can read this week's FT Money as part of the Weekend FT, widely available on both Saturday and Sunday. Or read us online, ft.com slash money, and follow us on Twitter, at ftmoney. Now, it's this year's autumn statement contain more woe for buy-select landlords, but there's some good news for their tenants who aspire to own their own property. Launching this week, the Help to Buy ISA is a tax-free savings account with a government-linked bonus for first-time buyers. But if you're thinking of taking one out, or even thinking that your children should do so, what do you need to be aware of? I'm joined in the FT studio by James Pickford, Deputy Editor of FT Money. James, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. So, how does it work? So, well, this is a a scheme cooked out by the government to address the problem that more people are unable to accumulate the amount of money they need for a deposit on a house, Mm. uh, on a mortgage. And what you can do now is set up a tax-free individual savings account, or ISA, into which you're allowed to put in an initial £1,200, and then on top of that, a maximum £200 a month. And then at the point at which you buy the property, 
government will then top up top up whatever you've saved with 25%. So if you've accumulated £4,000, you get another £1,000 of essentially free money Pretty good. To, to get you across the deposit hurdle. There are certain limits. There's a total bonus of £3,000 on uh, a total savings of £12,000. At that point, that's that's when the government largesse uh, ends. Uh, you have to be a first-time buyer. You can't have, have held any kind of property before, residential property. You have to be living in it, so it's not a buy-to-let option. And if you change your mind about well, you know, in, in, as you're saving and you decide you don't want to buy a property, you will get your money back, but you won't get the government bonus. However, you will get to keep the interest, any interest you've earned tax-free on your, on your savings. And another point to mention is this, if, if you decide you can't afford to put in £200 or £100 this month and you decide to miss a month, that's fine. You, you still have the, the ISA. But the next month, you can't make that up by an extra right. payment above the £200. So you can only do £200 a month. Now, all of the big lenders um, came out with their offers on ISAs, helped by ISAs this week. What are the interest rates like? They compare pretty well, actually, particularly with cash ISA rates. So Halifax is looking like, at the moment, like the most attractive deal in terms of rates with a 4% deal. Virgin Money gives 3%. Most of the rest give around 2%. Barclays gives 2.26%. But it's worth bearing in mind these are variable rates, so they can change Mm. and uh, and they, they may well go up or down as you're you know, it may take you a, a good number of years in which to acquire the, the funds to buy your house. The, those rates may not be the same. And can I have a cash ISA as well as a ISA? Well, it's a funny one. This. According to the Treasury rules, strictly speaking, you can't open a cash ISA and a buy-to-let ISA in the same tax year. But a handful of these providers have worked the rules so that they've created a so-called split ISA, which allows you to do just that. So you can you can hold cash and help to buy savings within the same ISA wrapper. And you know, Nationwide is doing this and Aldermore and NatWest are, are two of the others up to that. And as an alternative, having heard from Lord Lee early in the podcast, would a stocks and shares ISA be a better vehicle for savers to generate lots of tax-free returns more quickly without these limiting structures? Well, it possibly would. Um, you know, the growth rate can be a lot higher if, if you make the right investments, but that's the big question. And uh, it's, it's much more risky um, to, to put your money into stocks and shares ISA where you could lose the, the capital sum. And most people who are going through the sort of painstaking savings uh, salting away their cash salting away their cash don't want to, to take that sort of risk on a, on a on a deposit on their on their future house earning potential now finally as a policy will this do anything to help solve the housing crisis well it's not every day that the government hands out free money so it does look like quite a good thing for savers to do and even if you've already nearly reached your deposit you might as well do it because if you've got the minimum 1600 pounds uh, that's required to to, to get a, a help to buy ISA you can get 400 pounds free money to do that which for some people might just take them over the line but at the same time if the government doesn't simultaneously uh, succeed in building uh, the, the greater number of houses it's promised to, to build uh, over that period then you know, demand will will rise. Prices will potentially rise. So you've just you're just putting the problem somewhere else. Uh, supply has to be the answer. Well, 
Fingers crossed. Thanks there to James Pickford, Deputy Editor of FT Money. You can read his full article in FT Money this weekend. Don't forget, we are hosting an event in the new year where readers can meet John Lee at the FT's London offices and quiz him on his investment strategy to be held on the evening of Thursday the 14th of January. Tickets cost £25. To obtain one, email us, money at ft.com. We'd love to know what you think about the stellar growth of Lord Lee's portfolio, how to save money at Christmas, or about money matters more generally. You can get in touch with us via email or address money at ft.com, or you can tweet us at ftmoney, or leave comments at the foot of individual articles on our website at ft.com slash money. The Money Show is produced and edited in London by Naomi Rovnik. We will be back next week, but for now, it's goodbye from me, John Lee, Lindsay Cook, and James Pickford. Goodbye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.